welcome to Hashtag Better Conversations, episode 13. This week it's with Kevin. Um, I was really lucky to speak to him before he went on holiday. Um, we had a chat about um, what an absolutely crazy year it's been, um, what his strategy and what his plans are for um, the rest of the year, and how we've built on our flexible culture in order to um, be able to meet all the demands of this year. I also talked to him about how he nearly became a footballer, how he doesn't play football anymore, um, but he does cycle quite a lot. Hopefully you enjoy the chat with Kevin. Okay, so thanks thanks for joining me, Kevin. Um, it's, it's really good to have you on the podcast. Um, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. What, what I thought we could start with is um, a bit of a chat about kind of the last six months it's mid-year at the minute um we've had a very interesting six months um i guess at the start of the year we had a we had a vision we had a plan we had a um a, a kind of a you know a, a strategy about broadening out into new risk areas into new business areas and here we are at the end of end of half one and we've kind of ended up changing a lot of that um we've stopped doing some old stuff and started doing some new stuff so what's be interested to get your thoughts on where you thought we would be versus what we actually have achieved in the first half i guess inevitably it's probably worth starting with saying i look back on my career actually i left school at 16 17 um and went straight into banking um as boring enough as, as that sounds. <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough, um, having spent the best part of 40 years or so in the industry, I thought I'd seen many different things. But I guess nothing prepared me or indeed many of us for what we've yeah. gone through in the last six months or so. Um, and I think it's, it's difficult, I think, once as we're still in much of it, for us to kind of reflect on what we learned and, and what we come through, what would we do differently? Because I think we are still learning each day. Um, but I think what we have learned is the resilience of our mm. people, their commitment to help each other, which I think is astonishing. I mean, we call it we call it in this modern day language collaboration, but actually just willing to, to stretch themselves, help each other, recognise that different people are feeling differently about their situation on different days, uh, to provide support, but also to be flexible. Um, and I think those are attributes which I think will live with us um, and I think we should cherish them and, and, and keep developing them and fostering them because I think that's, that's really important for, for us as a team, for the situation we find ourselves in, for our loved ones close to us, but also actually for the organisation. I think the organisation has actually benefited and I'm sure we'll learn from that as well. So, so looking back at over the last six months, I think it's, it's been unbelievably challenging of, of, of something that... Actually, none of us would have ever anticipated, but I think we've learned a lot about ourselves. Um, I also think, if I think about the plan that we had and the roadmap, in many ways we've done a lot of the things that we said we would do, just not in the way we thought we'd do them or for the reasons we thought we would do them. So, yeah. for example, conduct risk. We said it was going to be a big agenda for us in the first half of the year, um, and certainly as we've gone through this year, to focus a bit more on broadening our risk um, oversight and assurance activities. And conduct risk was one we had identified. The reality is we've done a huge amount on conduct risk in the first half of the year. Just all of the work that we've done on the assurance against the, the C-bills work, for example, um, or the work that's been done in the background on 
the conduct risk framework and trying to boost some of our um, focus and activity around some of the key measures on that or embedding the conduct risk dashboard and helping the risk management forum with that, developing the some of the measures around it. So I, I kind of envisage the first half of the year would be about you know, further extending our reach into more business areas and indeed in more risk categories. And the reality is we've done that. But yeah. God knows there's, the route that we've taken to get there is definitely <laughs> not the one that I thought we would take. Um, and, but in many ways, I think that reinforces the point that I made earlier, which is about our flexibility each other. Um, and actually to focus on what are the key risks at hand. And the key risks at hand actually, in risk category terms, like conduct risk, were the same as what we had before. They just came at us from a different perspective. And I think I genuinely, you know, I'm immensely proud, hugely proud of everything that you know, all the teams that have done. Um, and in addition to that, I think we've been able to reflect on how much we can work together well as a team. Um, I think the other thing that I, I, I would you know, comment on or, or, or pass an observation on is we also, as we developed the plan kind of back end of last year, we also didn't envisage that, you know, our commercial colleagues would be joining mm -hmm. us and Richard Newell and, and his team would be joining us. And actually, I think that's made us stronger. I think it's also helped Richard and the team. And I actually believe it will help us make our own part of the organisation stronger. But I, I think it will also be um, advantageous for the broader CCB business as a whole by bringing the two businesses together and actually from our perspective, bringing those, those functions together as well. So, so again, we didn't envisage that, but it's mm -hmm. given us more reach, it's given us more capability and enabled us to reflect on what's working well in Richard's business and the commercial client's business uh, and where do they need help and vice versa. So it's enabled us to think differently about best practice as well. So, so certainly not... The roadmap's interesting because it's not the journey that I thought we would take, but I actually think we've achieved a lot of the major milestones and we're definitely in the best in the key areas that we targeted. But as I mentioned earlier, definitely not in the way that I envisaged and I wouldn't wish us have to go through this again. But I think, again, we've arrived in the, you know, we're arriving through the other side of that a bit stronger. Yeah, I mean, the conduct piece is really interesting for me because I know, you know, Charlie spent a lot of time building um, the, the kind of formal part of, of, of that framework. Um, and yet here we are, you know, managing the conduct side of the Siebel stuff, which if you think about it could end up, you know, if it's not managed properly, could just be an absolute disaster. You know, it, it could be the next conduct risk issue for the, for the industry if it's not done properly. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting, um, you know, thought when you think how, how quickly we've turned around and started to look at, you know, the conduct side from, from that point of view. Yeah, again, if you reflect on other aspects as well, if you take um, if you take Nick's risk, risk oversight team, they spent much of February and March facilitating and helping people across CCB as a whole to be able to work from home in ways mm. that actually we didn't think were possible or we would even consider. You know, I, I, which can often get lost, I think, is if you take the corporate service centre under Cathy, enabling the capability to have them be able to Mm. and do call recording from home and have that accepted as a way of a working practice and manage the risks around that. When we think back to November or December last year, that wasn't even in our minds. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a really good example of where we've stretched ourselves, that our team have responded to the situation fantastically well and have enabled 
a kind of better outcome for the, the organisation, for the people in it, and the DFAC as well. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think we should be proud of that. I think, you know, so there are many examples I've picked out too, but I think you know, in terms of enabling our capability, I think they're just two good examples of where we have made huge progress along the roadmap. But as I keep reminding myself, it's not necessarily the, the it's not the motorway that we originally envisaged for ourselves. <laughs> we probably took a slightly different route to get there. But nevertheless, we, we are getting, you know, we've definitely helped make the, the organisation a more flexible and more capable organisation on the back of that, whilst supporting our people through it. Um, and again, I don't want to lose sight of that. I th yeah. You know, the feedback that I get um, is that we have, you know, and, and particularly through the through the senior managers, have done a fantastic job at supporting our people in every individual circumstance that they find themselves. And that, you know, everybody knows that's really important to us. Um, and I think it's important that we reflect on how we went about doing that, what we've learned from it, and how we can sustain all the all the attributes that have come out of that as well. Yeah. So in terms of that that motorway for the second half of the year, what what does that look like? What does the journey look like? I'm using a great analogy now. What does the journey look like? And what does the destination look like? Yeah, I think we, we do need to do a wee period of reflection that says, actually, what's the new capabilities that were built to make sure we don't lose them? We don't just go back into the mists of time and think, oh, that was interesting when we did that. We, did, we definitely need to think about, actually, what did we do and what worked and what worked really well and how do we embed that? So that definitely needs to be part of the second half. I think we need to, to consolidate our position, sorry, continue to improve on, but also consolidate on the improvements we have made in and around the, the risk categories and, and continue on the journey of stretching into those other business areas. And again, you know, we shouldn't underestimate that. We've continued the journey with structured finance. We've continued the journey with INTB. We're developing the journey with uh, commercial clients. You know, you know the recent announcements around, you know, some of the credit aspects of that. You know, you know, it's stuff that we really need to work hard on. So I think the second half, hopefully, people get a bit of a breather as the stress, I guess, decreases in and around. You know, the circumstances we've been through, we get take the opportunity to reflect and consolidate where we are and keep building on those strengths. Um, and, and complete as far as we can the journey that we had set out for ourselves and indeed the, the business areas that we're covering. And again, I think we're, we're on the right path to do that. I'm not sure we will necessarily get there in the timescale that we set ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I know we will push our, ourselves hard to get to that. But again, we need to keep balancing. You know, the, the pandemic is still out there. We need to you know, make sure our people are safe. The business manages risk as well. So I think we'll just need to recalibrate how much will we be able to achieve by the time we get to the end of the year? Um, but recognising we've made progress in a whole bunch of other areas that I'd referred to earlier as well. Mm, yeah. Good. I think, um, you know, I think your point about how quickly we've adapted, you know, you mentioned Nick specifically, you know, it's just been amazing to think of the stuff that we've turned around this year. And I think if you'd told me, it, like you say, in December, you know, we'd, we'd literally enable the entire bank to work from home and um, you know all of ccb to work from home it's it's an amazing achievement to be honest that, that we've managed to manage to do it so yeah yeah no i completely and it's easy to forget we a part of our team played a significant part in that ccb you know and to help the business take a step that it actually didn't even envisage kind of as you know as i mentioned at the back end of last year so you know i don't want in any way for it to be lost on us that actually we as a function played an important part in enabling us to improve its capability 
and keep itself as safe as it possibly could as well. And it, you know, and tried next year there because it's a very obvious one in terms mm. of that new capability and working from home and all of that. But that's happened in every area where we've been flexible. We've taken a different approach. Um, we've supported other functions, or we've focused on key uh, key things that needed to be done in order to help support the business through this situation, and/or indeed keep us on on track for some of the key things that we you know we said we were going to do. Yeah. So there's a lot to be proud of, uh, but I, I don't want to lose the opportunity of from what we've done as well. Say it's it's easy. I often say, given all the pain that you know all of this has caused, we need to take a bit of time to reflect on actually what we learned as we go through this and make sure that we embed that in the way that we work and the, the approach that we take to things. Yeah. What's, um, what's been your biggest challenge during lockdown, either personally or from a work point of view? What, what have you kind of personally struggled with? I suppose just trying to keep everybody focused and motivated whilst you're feeling, you can be feel tired yourself. I mean, I, mm. you know, being honest, over the last few weeks, I felt as if I need a bit of a break. I'm, I'm off in a couple of weeks' time. That people see the best side of us, that we that we try and present the best side of ourselves and, and stay focused and motivated, whilst you know you're very conscious that the demands on people have been significant, um, and just kind of geeing people along, supporting them, reassuring them, recognising the effort they've made. You know that's you know and, and the role that you know like I've got and any leader I've got that's critically important in, in giving people the confidence that we're doing the right things and we will support them. You know I, I've spoken to I think virtually everybody in the team giving them reassurance, recognising their individual circumstances and letting them know that actually whatever the challenge they're facing, we're there alongside them and we will help them work, help them work through it um, and they will work with us um, to help us work through it and you know, help, help their colleagues as well. So again, that's really been really important. But to be candid, you know, that's also been challenging at times when actually you're feeling pretty tired yourself and stuff. So I, I'll be honest, I'm at the stage where... I probably do need a, a wee bit of time off. So I'm off uh, for a week and a couple of weeks' time and I'm, and I'm keen just to get a wee bit of a break and just recharge a bit as well. So uh, I think that's really important for everybody. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been fantastically invigorating at times, actually, to be honest, around seeing how people react and their willingness to be involved, get involved, help their colleagues. Um, and keeping that going is relentless. We have to keep at it every single day. Um, yeah. you, you're off. You're off on holiday. Um, so I'm going to ask you um, the the question I've been asking everybody about uh, desert island discs now. So you're you're stuck in the house or you're on holiday. Um, so one recording, one book, one luxury that you want to be stuck with. Okay, geez, that's difficult. <laughs> um, is the recording a song or a or a record? I think I've allowed both. I think I've I think I've allowed albums. I think Richard Mellis said. Queen, best of Queen. So you can have an album if you want. All right, I'm going to be greedy, and I'll give you two. I'll, I'll, I'll give you <laughs> my, my favourite song ever um, is by an, an artist that probably most people have never heard of. It's a guy called uh, or a band called Love and Money, actually a Scottish band, um, and they recorded a track called Lips Like Ether. Um, that's one of my favourite songs ever. The the record that I listen most of these days, listen to me using the word record. Actually, it shows you how old I am. But um, the, <laughs> The, the, the recording I listen to most at the moment, actually, is Paul Weller's brand new album. It just came out on Friday, actually, called On Sunset, um, yeah. which actually I, I'm, I'm really enjoying. Um, it's, um, it's a wee bit of a departure for Weller, I think, but uh, I, I enjoy a lot of his recordings. But actually, I, I'm really getting into that, actually, and I've been listening to it a lot. So so I would, 
for those that are Weller fans or Jam fans and haven't haven't uh, heard it, I would encourage you to listen to it. But um, uh, you might need to dance a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I might have a look at that one. Yeah. So, book and luxury. Uh, book would be again. I want to be. Uh, I want to be greedy again. Book would either be Catch Twenty Two by Joseph Heller. Um, for those that have read it. Uh, cynical view of war and uh, wartime and the second one would be a book called Plan of Attack by Bob Woodward which is about the preparations that America made for the uh, the war in Iraq um, and what was most worrying about it was how, how long they were actually planning it and their intentions as they were doing it. Um, it was a fascinating insight to politics and and war planning and stuff, which uh, mm. which I really enjoyed. Actually, it reads like a thriller. A very good book to read. I would, encourage, I would recommend it to anybody. Interesting. And luxury. Oh, luxury. This isn't going to be easy, actually, because I'm imagining a desert island that is that is covered in sand, but I'd like to take my bike with me, um, <laughs> which, which will not be easy, I'm sure. But I'll give it a go. I'll try and cycle around, <laughs> around the beaches, around the desert island, to see if that works at all. But, um, yeah, I don't think I'll get on very well with it, but I'll give it a go. So I'd like to take my bike with me. You've been getting out for uh, much cycling during lockdown? Not as much as I would like. I, I, I find myself making excuses at the moment for not doing it. Um, so I'm having to force myself now and ensure I get back out on it. Um, so I really enjoy it. I actually, once I get get going um, and I get a few miles under my belt, actually I really enjoy it and it gives you a chance just to kind of switch off and reflect mm. a bit. Um, I, have to, I have to be honest and say a couple of weeks ago, actually probably about a month ago, um, I just got myself a new bike. Actually, I went out on it for about the third time or so and fell off it twice. Um, took a corner too fast, came off it, um, and then kind of fell another time, just as I was, uh, just as I was uh, uh, crossing a road. But um, so pretty stupid of me. I need to take more care next time round. And uh, I bruised myself about a bit, but it's all part. It's all part of the journey, as they say. Is that is that because you've got the shoes that clip into the pedals and you don't get your feet out fast enough? Uh, I don't actually, there's a, there's a kind of long story to that, but I don't like clipless pedals. Uh, I saw a bad accident once and, went apart, and it was partly contributed by the fact that uh, the chap that was on the bike could get, couldn't get his clip out um, and his, his leg stuck in the pedal um, as, hmm. he, as he came off it. So, yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm always wary of clipless pedals, um, so I, t- I, I don't use them any longer. Mm. Yeah, Ugh. that yeah. makes me go all goosebumpy. It did me at the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me one thing about yourself that we might already, we might not already know. Oh, that's not an easy one. <laughs> people tell me I was probably a reasonable footballer back in my day. Now, people might not know that because of the age I am now, but uh, I, I did play to a reasonable level when I was younger, so uh, people might not know that. Did you have any trials for anybody? Uh, quite a few, too many to mention, which probably tells you I wasn't quite good enough because nobody, <laughs> nobody would nobody would prepare to sign me. I had a, I had a couple of uh, good offers of signing, but uh, never pursued any of them and played at kind of uh, kind of semi amateur level or semi professional level actually. Um, but yeah, I did have a lot of trials both in England and in Scotland, and uh, um, some decent offers, but never quite pursued it. Do you still play football, Kevin? You're joking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play fives or do you, do you play... No. Uh, no? There's a reason why I go on a bike. It's because my joints aren't strong enough. <laughs> Too many injuries in the past. <laughs> and uh, and how are Hibs going to do next season, provided football starts again? 
Well, the most if you were to ask me a question at the start of all of this, what will Hibs look like at the end of next season? The answer to that question is I have absolutely no idea. I'm more in control of what we do than what Hibs do. Uh, Hibs are the, for those that know Scottish football and Hibs in particular, we are the most unpredictable side. We've had some fantastic teams over the years, um, but somehow managed to stretch 113 years between one Scottish Cup uh, win and the next, um, which was which was often a, a source of <laughs> a source of amusement to every other Scottish football team as the Scottish Cup draws took place every year. Uh, yeah. I was proud to say, myself and my youngest son were both there at the day, that we, uh, we eventually uh, overcame the hoodoo of 113 years. You are the so, Boston ha- Red Sox of the, of the Scottish Cup. Indeed, absolutely. Um, so how are Hibs going to do? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I think uh, for those that are, that are Hibs supporters or involved, in fact, um, follow any provincial club, whether that's in Scotland, England or elsewhere, it's often a thankless task and you hope against hope that you'll, you'll win the following week, never mind finishing at a good place the following <laughs> season. So uh, um, they give me a lot of source of joy, particularly as you know both my boys and indeed my dad um, uh, previously, we all used to go together to the games mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was, it was a great family outing, but at the same time it was... Uh, you could experience highs and lows in one game, never mind in one season. With <laughs> oh, yes. I've been there. I've Indeed. definitely been there. Yeah, I, I feel your pain as a Sunderland supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, Kevin, thank you. Uh, thanks for that. It's been it's been really good to chat. And first of all, get your, your thoughts about um, kind of strategy and roadmap and where we've been and where we're going to, but also have a bit of a... Um, bit of a catch up with you as well so thank you very much for that my pleasure thank you and thank you for all that you've done on this actually I think again the feedback I get is the team really enjoys it everybody that listens to it enjoys it and I think it just gives us a a different insight into people as well so uh, thank you for doing it and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime I might might revise my selections (laughs) (laughs) well we do at the end of the year and have a look back and see see how we've done yeah that'd be good actually let's try and do that do that in the diary cool lovely thanks Thanks a lot Kevin I'll speak to you later bye bye So thanks to Kevin for that. It was really good to catch up with him. Um, he's now back from holiday, as I'm sure you know. Um, and in the next um, week or so, we have um, a communication session on the roadmap, which I think will embody a lot of the stuff that Kevin was talking about there, about strategy, about the journey, and about how we've actually um, probably done more on reflection than we actually thought we had achieved. Um, so hopefully you found that really useful. Um, hope you're still enjoying the podcasts. Drop me a line. Um, I'm always looking for more people to to chat to because it's really great to talk to to Kevin and find out the kind of high level strategy but it's also really good to talk about people on a day to day basis to find out the nitty gritty to find out the grassroots um, and to talk about and to learn about what's going on in the team so um, I'm always looking for more volunteers so I hope you keep enjoying these and uh, we'll see you soon